Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to Sunday Night 40K Night. That's right, uh, a brand new section that we do every week, which I'm very excited about. And I've got three legends. I've got Neil and Tom on the show. And in- introducing our special guest, Piotr. So important is Piotr, so famous in the Polish 40K scene, uh, that Neil and Tom said they might listen to his opinions on stuff. Which is a bold move, lads. I mean, I'll listen. Doesn't mean I'll remember it. I think I've known Piotr for what? I mean, like seven or eight years now. I don't think I've ever listened to him once yet. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know me since I was like a pre... I mean, very ugly little girl. So (laughs) it it was a while. (laughs) Yeah. Did everyone have long hair in 2013? Apart from Neil, who never had hair. but Yeah, yeah, I did. I did, if that helps you. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> right, hello everyone in the chat. Today we're going to be talking about week four of the Greek Hammer WTC 40k TTS tournament that's been going on. Um, they're, they're rounds that occur, it's five rounds that occur over two weeks. We'll be looking at the pairings and we'll also be looking at some stats. But before we do get on with that, I am, I, it, it'd be remiss of me not to talk to my co-hosts. Uh, so Piotr, as the guest, you get to go first. How are you? Welcome to the show. So thank you for having me. I'm I'm glad to be finally take place here. Uh, I know I was invited by, back once, but I'm happy to take place. Uh, I'm losing my I'm I cannot speak right now. Sorry, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I hope I will be of use with uh, with the incoming pairings and with the incoming stats that I was coding down. You are going to be uh, you're going to be very of use. Uh, let me let me talk about the credence. Oh, I love the sound me... of that. Let me actually, let me move over to Neil. Neil, how are you? And also, do you want to give us some background on Piotr? Because he's not going to big himself up, so I think you're going to have to do the job. I'm doing good after spending all day going around Gothenburg trying to find this. Diacasm box, get them, one of the models. That's what you spent your day doing. Well, well, wow. We're also taking Dylan for a long walk so Maria could get some reprieve. Cause it's, been, it's been a really rough couple of nights, Dylan. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, I walk into the GW and it's like they still are empty. They've still not got anything in stock. It's crazy. Like the uh, the independent stores are getting stock before the GW in Gothenburg is getting stock. So yeah, Brexit. <laughs> you say that I saw well. Sean Gill on Twitter today complaining about the independent stockists in the UK not getting anything either. Yeah. <laughs> so if it makes you feel any better, I also haven't got any Warhammer where I am. So like yeah. we're all it's we're all feeling. Just... I haven't. There isn't a shop here to be fair, and everything's closed. So. Um, I... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I should be, yeah, I should be complaining. I would like to walk around and go to cafes and buy coffee. So it's just my Warhammer hobby suffering. But um, yeah, Piotr, Piotr, otherwise known as Typhus. I mean, what should we say? He's the biggest ass at the. Uh, the what was it? One of the Polish fucks, one of the biggest asses in the WTC. Wow. No, I mean he is he is a legend. Um, Piotr is one of the most. I'd say most accomplished players of the WTC in terms of like being part of a winning team. You know, part of, he was very much part of Poland when they were one of the most dominant forces of the WTC. To the fact, to the point that in when we, 2016, he was going to referee with me for the first time and the Polish team paid him to play instead. Wow. So that, that, that kind of says, so he's a wee bit better than me and Tom, to say the least. Um, but yeah, but the past few years, he's been head referee with me. He also referees up a lot of events in Poland and around Europe. He's also one of the guys who selects the Polish team. So wow. lots of bribes, lots of beers getting sent his way and stuff, no doubt. Nice. He's, an all-round, he's an all-round great guy as well. Oh, so. so like the Olympics committee, but one man. 
is what yeah. we're seeing. He, okay, amazing. Typhus is the beautiful person behind my ego thrown as head referee. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just a quick I'll, one. This is. I'll this take is that. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a quick one, Piotr. Let's just say I wanted to make a sort of super team of incredible 40k celebrities from around the world. Uh, is, are you open to me bribing you? Are you like Poland forever? Like you're never ever uh, like. Well, as I I was already bribed once to play. Okay. So, so <laughs> there, there's surely a price. So don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you're listening, sponsors, get in on that action. Uh, Tom, how have you been? You've been keeping well? Yeah, but fine, mate. I've uh, spent the day doing some admin for the team to the point where Full Metal Jacket gifts are currently flying through the Welsh 40k chat. Okay. Uh, but we won't talk about that because uh, Tom has had a very frustrating day. <laughs> but apart from that, it's been all right. I've, had a, I've been kept pretty occupied this weekend because I haven't really had any times in the evenings during the week because I've been busy quite early in the day. But once you get through this week, we should be okay. So I'm, I'm all right. I'm more than halfway through now, so I'm kind of good. Oh, lovely. Okay. Uh, what is his secret? Nikos, great question. Yeah, Piotr, Nik- before Nikos we get, asking. <laughs> yeah, before we get into it, what's your secret, Piotr? Like, how do you, like, take the information in for the game and process it in that gorgeous head of yours? Full gamer chair. Yeah, what oh, do you man. do? Oh, man. Now, now I'm going to blush, man. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm just very analytical. So it's... Brain type, I don't know, thinking time. I, I just like to, to look for patterns, even to that extent. And when I was going to the office, I found a better way, more more efficient, because I had to open one less door than other people. So, yeah, it's just the way my brain works. I, wow. I don't know. Did you get give yourself a trophy for that? Were you like, I'm the fastest at getting here now, trophy for me? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I could grab the coffee earlier than others, so, <laughs> Smart. so they that had works. to wait for me. <laughs> uh, Neil, do you want to tell us where we're at in the Greek Hammer event? Like, where are we up to? So we are in the middle of round three. The um, the pe- the draw was done on Monday, and obviously all the pairs have been done. So this weekend is really when the teams have started playing the games. So right in the middle of the thick of it. Um, but you know, not all the games are finished. Far from it. But a lot of them have been happening. I've been getting a lot of uh, ref calls over the weekend. People asking small questions and that. So it's in full swing. Um, and right now, um, sitting top of the charts is Canada. If I remember rightly. Just like, wow. Let me open Tony Keeper. Let me open Tony Keeper, and I shall pull up the leaderboard. Just remind me. I got, so you got. I just, I just got thrown back to 2016 when someone said, "Let's open Tawny Keeper." Sorry, it just, just uh, <laughs> threw me out the window there. <laughs> yeah, so you got. Well, oh, sorry, you've got hottest takes. Mm-hmm. Who is actually one of the um, the TTS teams? Um, they're sitting sitting out there at the top, playing against uh, Ger- the Germany scouting, um, and then you've got the German trolls. And, uh, I think Poland. actually the table is not correct. Canada should yeah. be at, at the first or second place, not eleven. Ah, so I was, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the um, pairings because I know mm-hmm. the actual lead, the actual leaderboards updated live as people put results. Oh yeah, 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 but, yeah, right. But Canada, Germany, scouting there on the second row, and obviously you know Poland and Greece, Hellas, they are sitting in sort of sixth, seventh place respectively. So it's looking interesting. Like I said, this, the the hottest takes is a very interesting team because these are TTS players through and through, mm-hmm. um, including um, a guy. Because while the, while our events, while the Greek Hammer event started, 
it's also been the end of what's the Warp Hammer TTS tour, which has been a 120 man online tournament event run by Fred from Team Jim. Fred over, yeah. Wow. And the final was yesterday. I was, refer- I, was, I was dialed in to referee the final yesterday. And it was actually won by the hottest takes Harlequin player, a guy called Liam Vassil from uh, Belgium. And he's supposedly the quote unquote best. Um, TTS player of the world because he's basically been clearing out all these TTS events that have been going on for the past year. Has he played in re- Real Hammer events? Well, this is what's super interesting. Um, him and a few of the other guys, there was a bit of a discussion on the Greek Hammer Forum about you know how the Greek Hammer events actually more of a relaxed event. It's more of a, using it as a, te- a way to test mm-hmm. things for WTC. So there are certain things that aren't really there that are in a sync quick and it you know, requires a little bit of sort of like acceptance that everything's not perfect. And I was sort of discussing like, about how things work aren't working on TTS, but they're going to be done this way because they'll work in real life. And these guys, a lot of these guys, these TTS guys, said they haven't, even, they haven't even, some of them haven't even played 40k before TTS and Nightmare became a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a few of them, like this, sort of, they've tried it out in real life and they find it really hard. They actually say like that, that could, because they can't micromanage everything to the yeah. detail, and then they can't obviously like the, the, the way they can obviously the views they can get in TTS. You know, you, can, you never miss anything. But actually, that's, that's standing on one side of the table and playing these guys, say it's actually a real challenge for them, which is really interesting. Actually, we had a similar case in Poland. We had like a meetup with people from TTS to check out how they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of if if WSTC would happen, so we can we know what we are playing with, whether they will crumble crumble under the pressure, etc. And they were complaining. For example, one thing that I've seen that people who play TTS and not the IRL version of Warhammer before is that they do not walk around the table <laughs> and they go. do not see the whole picture. And that's that's one of the things that I've noticed. Like they sit. They just wait like they would in front of the computer, but they do not see the whole picture because of that. So yeah. that's actually fascinating. Hey, Rob, I told you that's the reason to why I did it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a quick segue as well, Rob, because obviously yeah. this, I said this finals played yesterday is won by uh, Liam, the Harlequin player. But the guy who came second, the other guy in the final, was uh, Mark uh, Dice, because he's a German player. He actually was running an orc army. Ooh. Wow! So he come all the way through 120 players from an orc army that, amongst other things, had I think mean, it's three or four scrap jets and three battle wagons with the big cannons on. Nice. It was a okay. very wow, interesting orc place. army. Yeah, he, wow. he basically lost a one. There was one dice. There was one decision that lost in the game, and even he said he lost the game at that point. We realized that what he, the mistake he made, but really well piloted orc list to say the least. Amazing, amazing. I can't wait to check that out. Thank you very much for bringing that up. You know I love a good orc list. Uh, so very excited about that. Okay, so let's talk about um, the uh, the event as a whole, right? Because we Piotr's been uh, serious about getting some stats together. So should we look at some of these? Yeah. Uh, so first I've got, I don't know which ones you guys want first. I've got the point spread available, point scaling, secondary picks, primary point Just whack- spread. Just whack them up and we'll talk about them. Okay. Well, first one we've got is uh, the point spread. So over the 246 games uh, that have happened so far, uh, this is the uh, this is the score uh, I think, and therefore the point spread for the different um, like results, right? Yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk about this, Piotr? Like, or does anyone want to talk about this? I can talk about it a little bit because we had one earlier a couple of weeks ago, right after the first round, where we looked at it, yep. and it was kind of swung out towards the 20s, 
and then there was nothing in the tens of it. It was kind of bumpy in the middle. It looks like the middle's kind of evened out a bit, and the tens have come up, but the twenties are still very, very high, uh, which is surprising. Um, I don't know about you, Neil. Uh, I don't think the twenty. I don't think the twenty's been high surprising because you're expecting to get twenties in so the, uh, in, in the early in the early pairings. You know, you'd expect those yeah. uh, defenders to give up high yeah. points, potentially twenties there. Yeah. What I do find interesting is, like you say, this middle spread is becoming a lot more even. And mm-hmm. um, before it was high, it was twenties and the high, the, and even like nineteens and eighties were quite high. They're generally spreading out, and in fact, this middle band here, you know, we'll say sort of like the twelve to eight point band is a lot. There's a lot of scores going in there now. It shows that things are starting to even out as obviously people are paired into much more even teams. So mm-hmm. from a WTC perspective, perspective, this is great because we want to make sure the games are tighter, the matches are tighter. Because if we play eight rounds with the WTC live, we don't want a team to have like one five games, one five matches in a row, and no one else can beat them. Mm-hmm. So having making it harder to get the big wins work, makes the event better in the long run. Mm-hmm. And just for people who might not understand what they're seeing here, in 40k, obviously, you score 45 primary, 45 secondary, and 10 for your paints. <laughs> yeah. We'll sideboard that for a yeah. moment. Uh, in uh, What you're seeing here is that the points differential by how much you beat your opponent by produces a 0 to 20 point like final. So like if you dominate your opponent, you get 20 points. If your opponent dominates, you get 0. The closer mm-hmm. you are on those points, uh, the more you'll tend to push into the middle. What's fascinating for me is that there is that level of domination where you end up with these 20 nils. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's that's quite interesting, that people are just not able to pick up almost any primaries or secondaries. I think that I think that's that, that's genuinely interesting. Piotr, you got any yeah. I think there are two reasons about that. First of all, it's, as Neil mentioned, that first rounds produced more mm-hmm. skewed pairings. Yeah. In sense, for example, Poland played against South London Legion, a team made of mostly casual players. Mm-hmm. And that game ended like 120 to 40, like with with a lot of 20 zeros or 18 plus scores. Mm-hmm. But when when it comes to the next rounds, uh, I think there should still be some 20 nils depending on the mission. For example, the third mission that's played right now, I think uh, vital vital intelligence, yeah, vital intelligence is gonna produce more 20 new scores as well, as yeah. it's more swingy with how it works with scoring free free markers to get the 10 points, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, to add more to that, even on singles, you wouldn't get that many 20 nils, but in team tournament, team environment, you usually get pairings that are kind of created by the captains by the pairing process in a sense to get, get points in one pairing. Like we do when we do pairings in Poland, we try to get seven drawish pairings and one huge win for us because mm-hmm. it gets that 90 points win and we can get some like smaller wins from other players. But it's still there will still would be a 20. Maybe there will be, for example, two 20s for, for one team and one 20 for another team. Mm-hmm. So it will still balance out, but it will still... Yeah result in a lot of 20s. So I've got a point and a question I just want to make on that. The the first point is uh, going more on the vital intelligence point that you made, uh, Piotr, in terms of if you end up getting something like priority targets, which is insanely hard to get 20 on, you'll see that come right the way down because you only need two objectives to get um, the, the 10 points and you have a secondary that's basically impossible to not get max on, right? So immediately you're looking at potentially getting 55 points, which means that you're completely out of the mark for getting a 20-pointer. Uh, the second question I want to ask is if we look at this graph here, uh, how what do the numbers on the left-hand side mean, and how do we work out what percentage of the games are now 20 nils? 
because if you're saying you pair like seven even matchups and maybe you've got 120, um, if I'm looking at the side, I don't know how many games in a round of eight that, that necessarily means you're going to get 20s in. We're all still here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just silence. Okay. Was, I think I'm was trying a question to work out what the 70, 60, 50, 40, 30 on the side, mate. I think the longer we'll have the tournament going, we'll have more like mass accumulated into the middle of the spread. Hmm. So more more games will be around the seven to thirteen points, and we'll have a few games going into those one to one to four points, and a lot of twenty ones. As but it is a team environment, so usually you can get those seven points even in a bad matchup. Mm-hmm. But you need to play precisely, know what you are doing, and play very defensively, having that one in mind. So, okay. Well, so uh, thank you to Bloodpod uh, for subscribing. Our next stat, uh, big love to you. It's really appreciated. Is, a, is our point scaling? Uh, so we've got going first, going second. I like this one. And your and your your and your game score. So, uh, Piotr, could you talk me through this graph? So, uh, essentially. Uh, what what we were what I was doing when I was coding this down, I was looking to see some patterns, and one of those things that I've uh, I cannot really read this graph. So if one of you can actually explain <laughs> it, that would be better because I was doing the the data production, no, not the data visualization of this one. So. Neil, so, Tom, so anyone of you? If, if you um, so what the graph is essentially saying is the average number of points you get out of 20 on the 20 nil scale when you're going second is 10.28. And the average number of points you're getting when you're going first is 9.72. So effectively, you're getting a 0.56 more points if you're going second, which I think is actually quite big considering that most of the points will come from when you can control the matchup, right? I think that's actually the other graph you're looking at there, Tom. No, oh, I thought you said it was average game points. No, point, point scaling. But if, no, that, that one I could. That yeah. one I could. The, main, the, the, the big thing about this point scaling graph is, if you look, the, the, there, there are two lines on the graph. There's a blue line and an orange line. Mm-hmm. But in fact, they're so hard to differentiate yeah. because the, the simple fact is there is there is there's a negligible difference between going first and going second. The, how that is affecting your score is negligible. You, we're not we're not seeing you know if say going second was it was vast was was you know have was having a, 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 a significantly detrimental effect on your score that orange line would be much lower than the blue the blue one the fact that they're on top of each other is showing that you know that it doesn't matter you know the the point score there is is not really relevant to who's going first or second you know that's actually really that's really interesting actually which that's which actually... is then back which is then backed up by what Tom just said which is the average game points you want to flick to that one Rob. Yeah, uh, not the primary points, the average game points. There we go. Yeah, we're getting this again. Average game points, going first, going second. They are essentially, there is what you're talking, um, there's 0.56 difference between those two. So just slightly more than half a point difference in average between going first and second, which means that, you know, a combination of the new rules for going second, plus some of the tweaks to the missions, plus, you know, potentially the terrain, and how that's shaping the uh, the meta in this tournament is balancing the game out, whereby you know there is not as in the early part of ninth there was a significant advantage going first. I think it got up to like sixty percent at some points. There was like a sixty percent winning rate I, first. This is showing it's balanced out lots a lot more. And I think it will still show if you are not playing on such dense terrain as we do, because 
you have few armies, if you would look into other data, I don't think we'll have graphs for that. You have few armies that are very shooty, like Admech, uh, some versions of Tau that mm-hmm. were present at the tournament. And those armies had huge advantage going first. It was like their average score would be 13 instead of nine when mm-hmm. going first. So that's a huge difference. But when it comes to like team environment, I think how dense the terrains are and that few armies can reliably choose a table that they will play comfortably on going first uh, actually shows that people, most people were prepared for the terrains. I think it should be reflected even more with the change of the rosters that happened during the whole tournament. Because when you talk with players, you actually hear them that they do not want to go first because they need to start pushing onto objectives first. They need to be traded first, etc. So I think with these dense tables, it leads to more, I don't know how to say it, interesting gameplay because you do not wipe your opponent off the table in one, two turns and there's nothing to play yeah. later on. You, you still can fight. I 100% agree. I just like the kind of spread rather than it all being kind of heavy, right? Like, I like last edition where you had um, two light balls and everyone had put down Admech or Tau as first defender because it gave you some more things to do in the pairings. You'd have lists that would be built to deal with those kinds of things. Like, you'd see demons often thrown into the tower or what have you. Whereas when you kind of get a more homogenous group of boards, it removes quite a bit of that. But I think we are still seeing a couple of boards where you can play the Admech or play the Tau or whatever, as you say, because as we see in the pairings here, that's what you guys do. And that's what we actually prepared when we were mm, yeah. actually thinking with our team, which I will talk later about. So, but yeah, I think it's healthy for the game if we do not have wipeouts. And yeah. I think it promotes better strategic gameplay in a sense that you can plan out what you will do throughout the whole game. So I think it's great. Some people might complain, but I think that dense tables, of course, they limit some armies, some models, but they are great. I. I would follow up on that. I, I, pers- I, I personally think that like not being able to engage with each other turn one and having to having to move around the board and, and operate in that sphere would actually make more interactive mm-hmm. games. That seems to make sense, um, mm-hmm. like in, in loads of ways. Okay, next graph. Let's give it, let's give it a look. So uh, the next one we're looking at is the secondary picks. Tom, I know you're a big fan of this um, because uh, right, let's so- see how many people agree. Thing. Let's see. <laughs> oh my lord. Oh, so, look, engagement funds raise banners while we stand secondary by. is the sixth most popular secondary. <laughs> 23 people hate their teammates. Or well, 23, is it percent? I think it's the percentage. It's percent. Holy moly, that's a big percentage of people <laughs> who are griefing. Holy shit. So, now, if we take out engaged... G-Stealer Cult players and people with Warp Spiders, maybe we can reduce that to like 20%, but that's still a high percentage of people who hate everyone. <laughs> uh, well, just uh, just to go through it, the engage on all fronts is the is the most popular, and not far off is raise the banners. With third is while we stand, while we fight, and then there is a significantly significant drop off. Uh, you go from like fifty forty five percent on while we stand, while we fight, down to like twenty eight percent on uh, minimize losses, uh, and then assassinate is twenty two. Uh, deploy scrambled is twenty two, and then everything else is like below four percent, which is yeah. pretty fascinating. Have you got any like uh, top level thoughts about this, Neil Piotr? 
Um, it shows that the missions aren't balanced whatsoever, and there are just there are a couple that are just far superior to all the others. Yeah, and basically, GW needs to have. I mean, there there is going to be hopefully you know summertime, summertime big FAQ, a new chapter approved, and hopefully they're going to have a very big, long, hard look at the missions because it is dull as dishwater if you're basically playing. Because primary missions are very it's pretty much the same mission every time. It's just holding objectives. There's no real variation there. And if you're basically playing with like three secondaries all the time, I mean, it's just dollars dishwater, personally. Yeah, and to to add why there is such a drop off, there is one reason actually. You can tailor your list to play well on engage, and while we stand, we fight. Yeah. So they are picked so often yeah. because so many armies can actually play those missions mm-hmm. as they are tailor made for their lists. So yeah. that's also a point to take into consideration. Yeah, you could also come out and say that you can tailor your list to deploy scramblers, but also even if you do do that, that's still within your opponent's control mostly, just depending upon when you get it, right? So you could end up just tailoring your list to get it and then getting completely boned because your opponent isn't a clown. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that's basically what's happening. Sports yeah. was very popular at the start in life. People just learned very quickly how yeah. to negate it. Me, it gives me endless pleasure to see Razor Banners, which is from the same tree as the second most popular of scramblers, is all the way down here. It's still too high. Get that number down, but it's a lot <laughs> but higher than it should be. I, I can explain that one. It's skewed because we only have data from two two rounds and a little right. bit of third. Yeah. So. Yeah. Two missions that we had previously were favorizing choosing race banners high because you had either two or three objectives on yeah. your close to your so, deployment. Yeah. So you could easily ma- take maybe not a lot of points, but like 10, 12 from this, from this mission alone. Mm-hmm. So it, the data is skewed because we haven't played the f- full tournament yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I, if I just look at the chapter approved a second or the um, ground tournament pack, you've got five trees in here, right? You immediately sack off Warpcraft because it's dog shit and no one takes it. So now you have to pick three secondaries from four trees. That is Battlefield Supremacy, where you take Engage or Domination. No Mercy, No Respite, where most of the time you just take what we stand. Maybe you take Grind Them Down. Uh, Purge the Enemy, which you don't see very often unless you see a Bring It Down. And then Shadow Operations, where you're choosing between Scramblers, which you sh- it's not even a choice, don't pick it, and Razor Banners. Yeah. So you're very much limited in what you're taking anyway. And the thing is, this, like, this, this graph here, like obviously Typhus said, yeah, we're only talking about two rounds, so a very small sample size. But these stats really back up like what's coming out of Australia and other regions that are playing events now, that it is just these three secondaries being picked all the time. Okay. And it's just such a mm. it's just it's yeah. just such a dull for me, I'm sorry, it's just such a dull yeah. method to be in. You're right. It's so samey in every possible way. Well, we need more I trees. Mean, uh, yeah, like more options I think is, is also super interesting. Also, uh, a question I have uh, on this, and I don't want to spend too long on the answer. Do you think that because of the the three secondaries that we're seeing be most popular, that that ties in with the armies we see, uh, or is it like a reverse? Is it that the armies that are strong and the ones that we see a lot are the ones that tie into these secondaries very well as well, or or do you think it's just kind of a bit of both? I mean, it's like Typhus said, you basically you can much more easily tailor your army to these secondaries. It almost doesn't matter what army you're playing as well. There is there are ways to tailor it to these. So these are very you know. While we stand and engage our secondaries, you can plan your army around very simplistically and making sure you, you know, saying that I know I'll be able to have models in these three quarters throughout four rounds of the game, da 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 da. And there are very few armies that can't achieve those. Okay. So it's just, it's just that. It's just that they're very simplistic and, okay. and therefore simplistic is reliable and therefore you pick them. Uh, so and the you can last... actually, oh, 
I, I will add one more thing. When you look at this graph, you see minimized losses as the fourth uh, as the fourth secondary that was picked, and that's that's also a thing to recognize because that shows how what Tom mentioned that you only have four branches and you can choose like two good missions from that from those branches, and then you usually rely on the mission secondary. And minimize losses is a decent secondary. Same, I think we'll see now after round three with data intercept being a secondary that will be picked a lot. Mm -hmm. So I, I think uh, it should be visible in the data as well going forward. I have a, I have a, quick, I have a quick question actually, just based off looking at these. Um, priority targets, have you banned the secondary from that mission because it was so easy? Because I don't see it on this list. Oh, no, you haven't had the mission, so of course you haven't. Yeah, we didn't have it. <laughs> it would be, every army would pick it. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, like it's every every list will pick that secondary. And then it's no that dumb. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. All right, sweet. Uh, so then uh, we got a primary point spreadsheet. So going first, going second, your ability to achieve it, as you guys can see uh, on the, do you think, that, like, you guys can see this on screen here. Do you think anything particularly stands out on this? I think there's one thing to recognize is that if you're going second with the new change of how you score secondaries, you always get the chance to get some secondaries. And you can see that there is no zero points from secondaries uh, if you are going if you are going second. There are cases of having zero points from uh, I mean primaries. Yes. There are cases of zero points from primaries if you are going first, but none in the other case. And uh, what other thing you should uh, you should see is that there is a lot of cases where both sides score a lot, and I think it should it shows how the game is kind of played. You either have very skewed pairings, which were reflected in the point spread, and you have armies who, one does forty points from primary, other does ten, but you also get those matches where you actually win twelve or eight or you get eight by just having better secondaries than the opponent in, in that current mission, because you yeah. have, for example, list made for while we stand. And both sides then kind of tie on primary. Yeah, looking at this, I think the most interesting part to me is the drop-off between 25 and 30 on the going first. Because if I'm looking at like decent primary score, it's like 30 plus, right? If you're getting 20, you've just stood in an objective for five for, for four turns, assuming that it's a hold one or hold, uh, rather than a hold two mission, right? Whereas with going second, you always have that insurance policy. And the last turn where you just jump on all the shit and you just get it. Whereas going first, you kind of have to be there and hold it, right? Yeah, agreed. Right, let's get on to the pairings. Some very oh, interesting stats. Um, uh, really interesting, and I can't wait to see how this changes uh, over the next few rounds. Because not forget, not to forget, we've got the third round coming up soon, right? Um, and we're still, we're right now going to be looking at uh, the pairings from the second round. This is what the one we're looking at. Uh, Neil, no, no, this, is the first, the no, this is the third round. Oh, it's, the, third it's round. the third round. Yeah, we're in the third round. third round. So this is um, Team Poland. This is one of the big reasons we got Typhus on today. Because um, he's obviously heavily involved in that, versus uh, Team Hellas, which is Greece. You know, yeah, Hellas, it's just Greece, Greece and Greece. Greece. Yeah. Greece and Greek, yeah. So it's two. This is two WTC teams um, playing each other. So it's going to be quite interesting. And going straight into the first pairings, what is super interesting is that both Poland and uh, Greece have a very similar admech armies, and they were the first defenders for both of them. Yeah, both playing Breach of Spam. Breach of oh, Spam wow. plus. Breaches spam plus doggies. So they both went in as bombers. first defenders. Fascinating. Let me just check that. Yeah, that's true. Amazing. And then they got attacked with custodies 
Uh, Poland attacked with custodies and with dark angels. Uh, yeah. were, are we allowed to know the thoughts behind this? Uh, that's why we've got time for something. Go, go, go. So, uh, basically, <laughs> our our dark angels and uh, we we tested I, as I was playing Admech as well that one of the worst pairings for Admech is Space Marines. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter which kind of Space Marines army it is; it's still it's still bad. So we, that's an easy attacker, and the other attacker is our Castodes. Mm-hmm. which I think most people are sleeping on as an army. And uh, it's still a very good army, but it requires a nearly perfect play. I think the same applies to Elder, for example. And if you know how to use your resources, which you have very limited access to, uh, then it can win. So the same. So we, our player of Castos was very well trained against Admech. And he knew what what to do, so he felt pretty confident in the pairing. Although he knows that it can get swingy with those uh, mm. Stratoraptors. So fascinating, fascinating. Okay, all right. Well, and, and some, but both both big attackers, right? Like you gave him a hard choice on either side, the Dark Angels and the, uh, like. Custodians are hard. Uh, we don't know yeah. the results yet, do we? We only know one game. Okay, all right. Well, I will tell when it comes to it. Yeah, Neil and, and Tom so, are gonna. I- Gone, yeah, yeah so the so the Greeks obviously picked the uh, custodies, the Polish custodies army to go here. And I was talking to uh, Nico about this, who's the uh, Greek captain, and he said that basically they put Admech forward because they they felt they it needed to get the, they needed their Admech army to choose the right board. Yeah. It's a very heavy shooting army, so it needs to have a board they can shoot on. And then they basically when they were of the choice, it was basically a case of they thought they had the the you know they'll be able to shoot off custodies better than Dark Angels. Is basically how they see the game going out. Obviously, Dark Angels right now, especially this Dark Angel list, the Poland's running is basically just Terminators. And you guys have got four units of Terminators now, let's remember rightly. And so the, so the um, yeah, the, the Greeks basically saw it as custodies being the easier one to kill of the two. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. feel right hearing that. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there. That doesn't feel right at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then first defenders in for Poland. Uh, were were also Admech, same thing, breach of spam, uh, up against, um, and then they got attacked by a Necron and uh, a Harlequin's force. What were the, what were in the two armies? So the Harlequin's army is, you know, we'll say quote unquote, it's just a very much a standard army of Cleaver. lots of troops, lots of troops mm-hmm. in Starweaver, you know, Skyweavers, Skyweavers. Um, yeah, it's a double Skyweavers. Yeah, yeah, let, less fusion pistols than normal, but you know, it's pretty much the same thing. You're not going to expect anything there. The uh, Necrolist, on the other hand, was a little bit different in that it's got it's built around you know, there's three units and nine scarab swarms in here, um, and then you've got a transcendent Satan and you've got the Nightbringer and a Catacomb Command Barge. You've got three very, very hitty combat units, you've got Scarab Swarms and you've got Tomb Blades, you've got some fast units there as well. And I believe that, as Nico said to me, the idea was to put both these lists forward, was they felt against the Admech, the Admech is going to be kind of a static army, in terms of the dogs going to be forward and take board position, but everyone else wants to stay still. The breaches aren't that There's mobile. There's one thing that's worth mentioning about yeah. our Admech, we are running a list with 35 dogs. Yeah, you guys so are have all in on the dogs. So we wow. have 27 Cerberus Raiders and I think 9 Sulfur Hounds or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And so they, the Greeks Sounds have expensive. Expensive. The, the Necrons and the Harlequins <laughs> have got enough mobility to cause the Admech real headaches and enough mobility in, in scoring as well. Um, and also the fact that they you know but both because of the the, the, the the strong parts of the units, be it the Scarabs, be it the Satan, be it the Harlequins, they're ignoring the terrain so they don't really care what board the Admech pick. They'll be able That's to work it. around it much easily. Mm. 
Okay. So you, Interesting. So you guys and you guys obviously decided to go against the Necrons. So why was that, Typhus? So, so actually, uh, we played a lot of games, and I'm playing Admech and Howley Queens as both armies, and I knew uh, Admech wins against Howley's big. That's one of the matchups where when you are playing Admech, you can swing that matchup a lot. But we didn't want to choose uh, Howley Queens that early because Necrons were a problematic thing in the later pairings. We had a lot of bad pairings against Necrons. So we thought that instead of choosing a very good pairing early on with uh, Howley Queens, which would be like a win of 15 points, how we assumed, uh, we chosen to we chosen Necrons because it would make later pairings better, and it's a drawish drawish mashup. Okay, a drawish matchup. Wow, that's pretty good from a first defender, like being able to pull out a draw, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think actually Admech are one of the best armies right now in the game. Just <laughs> people do not know how to build it, I guess. Really, it's very interesting. Nice. Okay, and, and is that like because? It. And is that because is that because of the sulfur hounds? Is that what we're seeing? Oh, uh, yes, surely, man, surely. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 actually it's in a team environment. In a single tournament, it might not be, but in team environment, it, this army is priceless. It has so many good matchups on a good good tables that you cannot really. And to be fair, I mean, okay, maybe not the level of uh, dogs you've got, but you know. Daniel, the Swedish captain, and a lot of a lot of people back backed him up on this and said that you know, if you're playing Imperium as a singles player, there's no reason not to take an engine seer of freeness of dogs. It's like what 270 points for 15 mm-hmm. dogs an engine seer, and it plugs it plugs you plug it into any Imperium list, and it just gives your army so just that 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 area denial is just it's just so worth it. So you yeah, you yeah. see you'll see a variance of this quite a lot. Maybe not all the catafronts, but this block of raid, this block of dogs. Um, I think it's become much more common when we get to single player. Yeah, again. it's the most under-costed unit in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. Wow. Okay, big big stonks on the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, get buying, because they'll be sold out quick with Games Workshop's production level at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be hard to get hold of these. Uh, all right, so second defender in for Poland, Tyranids. Uh, is this the Dimacarons? Dimacarons? Is that what this is laddie fucking about. Yeah, this is this is time to abuse Vladdy. <laughs> For those who don't know, Vladdy is um, he's one he's a big player in Poland. He's been to most of the I think he's been to almost every single ETC WTC. Um, so therefore, he's open to full abuse, especially from uh, Typhus, because Vladdy is also one of the selectors of the Polish team, isn't he? Well, d- well, yeah. <laughs> Let's keep on that one. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's an interesting list. It's 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 only got one Dimecaron, Rob. Oh, what he's got, what, what it's what it's built around is freeness and nine ravagers, <laughs> ravagers, and a unit of nine warriors. What? Okay. There you go. Yeah, um, and it's. I think it's the best army in the game right now. You you've heard it. I think Tyranids right now are better in pairing in team matchups than, for example, all the Marine armies. Yeah, they they are way better because. But do you, you have... think Vladi's nids are the best army in the game? <laughs> right not true. I, I'm not sure about that. Ravenous. But he, he, I don't think he lost many games with it. Like no. he has only one bad pairing when we were talking about Forley, and that's Harlek wins, which you can see there, and that's the only pairing in the game he's really afraid of, mm-hmm. and maybe Eldar. Maybe Eldar. Yeah. So armies, of course, Hulk, so 
in singles, it might not work well because you have a lot of Harlequins running around, but in team team environment, it's a great army. Yeah. And it so, doesn't require table like Admech does. Yeah, so I'm guessing therefore you put you put Vladdy forward because you know you can. You, he's got one bad matchup, and you can basically you can basically dodge that, and he'll have a good game regardless. Then. Yeah, and we were hoping they would give us an army that would be a problematic army later down the pairings. And so, well, I won't tell. I won't talk about that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, uh, uh, but, but I mean, obviously, know. the Greeks put forward the Harlequins, which we talked about, and then they put forward their demon list, which is, you know, it's the it's the archetype. It's the Exalted Keepers. It's a little change. The only thing that's different here is they've got two units of ten uh, Slaneshi Terminators. Yes, yeah. As do you guys, yeah. actually. Yeah. So. Which is, yeah, obviously, I, I think was a, I can't remember, was it Matt Morosoli in Australia did a, won a couple of events for that recently, so they're starting to get a bit of love there as well. <laughs> Meatwatch got on them, didn't they? <laughs> they did. They did. Unless you terminators got on the meat watch. Uh, okay. Uh, so Tyranids versus uh, Sineshi Demons. Let's go. Um, and then uh, the second defenders for Poland. Look at this. Is a full mirror. Um, yeah. Is there like? Is there some like? Is there a psychological game here? Is this like you like? Because you no, you can't know what they put in, right? It's just you're guessing. No, you like, don't know you what they put know. in. You don't know what the defenders are. You both reveal your defenders at, at the same, same time. time. Right? Okay. Yeah. So another. So a Harlequin. Not Harlequin. Sorry. Tyranids defender oh, again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is an interruption in the chat. Uh, yeah. Someone actually said correctly that attackers on Tyranids were wolves and demons. Okay. So so we were we were incorrect. So let let me clarify. So it wasn't Harlequins. Well, for some reason I thought it was uh, Harlequins. So why we didn't choose wolves is that we had nearly all good pairings against space wolves later. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's the case with space marines right now. Their meta is kind of prepared to kill those four plus invul, two plus safe bodies, and it is doing that very efficiently. So uh, we are actually we are running a game with Canada, and we will not bring any marines because we think even dropping dark angels might be a good thing for a team. That you are not having any space marine list, wow. so. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. And I, th- I think the point you made there about how things good for you, like against the space was later on. I when I looked at this, I actually thought it the, t- the defender free is actually just where you win it because you have so many good matchups in that entire section. And I think that Greece might have made a tiny mistake in here as well, but we'll come to that in, in the next section. But obviously the Greeks defended with their nids, which you know Rob will be pleased to hear is a Dimecare on list. Yeah, he knows what that that is. That's fine. Yeah. I'm in yeah. now. I'm super yeah. I'm super invested emotionally. Tri- uh, triple and- dime, triple Dimecare on, you know, all the jazz you've been you've been hearing for the past couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. no surprises there. It's not a surprise. I mean it's, no, it feels it's, like it's, it's a surprise to a lot of the other people on the internet, but not me now. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and they've been attacked by Death Guard and Harlequins. Uh, that's mm-hmm. who Poland put in against uh, the Hellas Defender. Uh, fascinating. What were in the, the two lists? Uh, yeah, so Harlis is the list I've been playing and I got really fucking fed up with it. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't say that one. I'm sorry. That's okay. But, we're on yeah, this one. You're fine, mate. I, I was really emotionally connected with how, how I got tired with it. It's six times five men in boat with fusions. And three big choppy squads. I think 12, 10, 10 with caresses. And you have and no all soaring spy. 
no, no, I think bikes are a waste of points. Mm. And and I think actually English stolen my list after playing two games Classic. with us. <laughs> Classic. Classic. So uh, it's in the British Museum right now, mate. <laughs> that's, uh, a deep, that's a deep joke. That's good. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so th- I think the crucial thing about playing Harleys against Tyranids is that you need to have this soaring spite Sky Strider Twilight Fun guy because you can send him in, trade him for like three, four hive guards, and then you can play the game comfortably. And that's the biggest point when you think about Harleys versus Tyranids matchup. Mm-hmm. Okay, fascinating. And then what was in the Death Guard list? So, a little bit of the air, uh, what is it, Art of War, Nick Nanavati one that's been bounced around oh, a lot. Okay. Oh, do you, you disagree, Tom? I haven't seen it. I didn't realise that's where it came from. Well, I think, I think him, him and Brad have been talking about this list for the past sort of month or two. Okay, that's right. Variation, variations on this list. And, yeah. what is, and what is in the list? So it's two Chaos Contempts of Dreadnoughts with uh, the Volkite Culverins. You know, you get a lot, you get, they basically cause mortal wounds on sixes to wound and then obviously if death guard you can basically buff that around you get some shenanigans there it's three units of death stride terminators two of five one of three the list that i think the list that brad's running he's gone for three of five now yeah. um some spawn some cheeky you know you know engaging all front stuff there pox walkers and typhus because typhus is just super point sufficient he's really yeah. good and pox walkers amazing can you then- yeah. Yes, you can. Uh, we it's we it's we we allowed it in WTC and we checked we we Tom obviously being the per, being the person he is really as GW he fact checked double checked it and it is it was intended it was okay. it was all intended to be taken um, and then it's basically the only thing then he's got he's got the uh, the photos of Arions he's got the the biologist purified the five bites on the Taliban it's super standard choices the big difference is you know it's moving away from the blight law terminators and death shrouds because death shrouds are just yeah. so efficient what they can do yeah so i actually played against this Innis was running it uh that's why it makes sense that it came from nick and brad because i know they talk a lot uh and it's absolutely super oppressive if you're playing any kind of melee army you physically cannot charge this bastard yeah exactly and i think thing that you didn't mention and that makes this whole list work is the 60 box walkers yeah, yeah. 60 box walkers actually with their mortal mortal wounds on sixes to hit and two attacks each yeah. Well, they're and, oppressive and they're it's, not just, oppressive. it's not just the box walkers are doing it because you're uh, the biologist purifier he's going to basically make one of those death shrines do mortals as well when they swing yeah 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 yeah. so yeah. they're going to swing with what really they're going to swing yeah. they're going to do all their mini attacks they're going to be swinging with like, was it something like 30 attacks do mortals yeah, this, there, army, this army is designed to pump out mortals like there's like, a lot be... of tricks with box walkers as well if you yeah. unwillingly kill mm-hmm. one they can revive get an objective in a way that you wouldn't expect them they would get etc so they, they are i think one of the best units in the death guard yeah. with and all I, the support coming around them yeah and i think, think this the list of this version of this list, so i was gonna say this list or a variation of it is absolutely the best death guard list around i think oh 100 it's not even close yeah it's do you think do you think do you think the reason that we like do you think it's like a direct response to the meta out there like dark angels being so incredibly survivable like you know with the armor saves and the transhumer just just pushing the mortal wounds through is just a much easier way it's just way more efficient to just go through that process as opposed to have to like actually make them take saves and wound them do you know what i mean yeah, hundred percent. And even just like you know, it's also, it's also the dark angels. It's like the prevalence of minus one damage is becoming a big deal. You know, elite armies, armies with high armor saves. Well, that, them occurrence. Yeah. They, if they do not strike first and death rods swing first, it can be hard. Yeah. There's so. just. It, I mean, just like in AOS, 
the more mortal the more mortal wounds you can reliably pump out, the better it is. And it's just this uh, this army is probably the most efficient mortal wound spam army in the game right now. I think that key point there being that you can't you can't charge it right. That's the kind of big one. You can't charge it, and because you can't charge it, like and 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 lists generally like have got like a lot of they, they've got units in them that are going to try and push people off objectives. They've got those combat units, mm. right? And then you're just neutering them with that ability. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. as as you can't charge it, sorry. So you can actually turn off two... This this army can turn off two units. You can say to one unit, you you strike last. Yeah. And you can say to another unit, you don't count as charging, which is massive. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But So then why did... With that being the case, why did... Uh, why do you think the Tyranids chose to play into the Death Guard? Because they have freed the Macarons. <laughs> yeah. Very fast in that. Like, well, I I don't know what to say more. Free okay, no, that's fine. That works. Damage that... three plus D three against three wounds minus one damage. Morals yeah, are kind of efficient. And you also don't get one punked as well, so you can afford to fight last, right? Yeah. 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 So you you can still you can still charge them. They're one of the only things that can get through. All right. Sweet. Uh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, Round three. Yeah, yeah, round three. three. Hella's def- Hella's first defender. So, can I talk about this one, please? Yeah, go for it. Because here's what I think's happened. I think Greece has seen the Death Guard go out. So now, what have you got for, left for Poland? You've got Harlequins, which are awful for sisters. You've got um, the Death Guard, the um, Dark Angels. You've got the uh, standard sisters, the Mirror Match, and you've got the Exalted Demons. Exalted Demons, it should be fine. Harlequin should be awful. Um, the DA aren't great for you, but I also don't think it's the worst DA list that you could face as sisters because they're kind of more MSU-based and they've also got a lot of land speeders that go around the place, right? So you're putting the sisters down thinking there's only like one bad matchup for you, right? But when... That, that implies that you're happy to take the mirror match because if you stick it down... And you say, okay, well, you're going to play against me with the, Harle- uh, the Harlequins and the Sisters or the Harlequins and the DA. That effectively means you have to be happy to take the DA or the, or the Sisters mirror. What's happened is Poland have put down Sisters and Harlequins and they've taken the Harlequins, which I don't think is good for Sisters. But um, Piotr, you might disagree. That's fine. Um, I don't think, I think Sisters murder, um, get murdered by Harlequins. What do you think? Because I know you play Harlequins a lot. It a lot. It depends a lot on how the sister player plays it. When mm-hmm. I was playing against very good players, it would be mm-hmm. a draw. Mm-hmm. But if they make, as as is the case with all the Harlequins games, if someone mm-hmm. makes a mistake, you can abuse that very hard. Even and, with that many troops on those boards that are left. Uh, sorry, could you? Even repeat? with that many troop units on those boards that are left, where you can't yeah. really get the ship. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, there's. Also, one thing about uh, our mirror, our sisters player. Mm-hmm. I think we played like five screams with other teams, yeah. and he played sisters mirror five times and won. Uh, I yeah. he, three times he played mirror three times, yeah. and won all of them. Yeah, wow. so that makes sense. So that would make sense why you'd want to avoid the sisters. But if you're not happy to take the mirror, out, I don't know why you first defend. Or third defend. Yes, yes. Uh, I what I wanted that. to say is that our sisters are tailored to play other sisters. Another sister. Yeah. yeah. So you shouldn't be putting down the sisters as a defender third at all if you've got a tailored sisters to beat your sisters and Harlequins. So you're saying the Hellas made a mistake in this situation? Yeah, I think they should have put the down the sisters list yeah. as a defender. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, Typhus, did you agree with that when you saw it go down? Were you excited or was that not the case? No, we, we actually thought they caught us. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm looking at these pairings here and you've got three favorable matchups at least. Yes, yes. But, you know, from, from our uh, estimations, it was actually the worst move for us, which we didn't realize <laughs> later on. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to avoid one thing and they got it. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it shows how little we know, Tom. No, not really. No, I think they know a little. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> because clearly it worked out okay. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I was surprised they chosen Harlequins. Yeah, I was too. All right. Interesting. And they, oh wait, and they, cho- okay, and they chose Harlequins, and you were yeah, surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Harlequins trade so well as well. You basically put two trade armies against each other, like Typhus yeah. said. You know, you, the Harlequins are going to run like this Harlequin list is full, it's boats full of fusions. So you're going to have yeah. to, you know, basically, it's basically saying that every fusion unit's got a boat keeping them alive. You have to pop the boat before you even get to the guys inside. And it just, you know, makes trading very hard. And, and there's nine OPSEC units. Yeah. yeah. But what it also means is if you put the sisters down, you know you're not going to attack it with demons. You know you're not going to do that. So when you are pairing into whatever you put down as first defender, you need to bear that in mind because you think that demons are probably going to be left as a forgotten. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, right. So then uh, the, in the next next table, uh, the defenders, Poland's turn to defend. This is round... We're in round three? We're still in round three, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. round three. So round, the third the third defender here uh, went down. We've got Marines. What flavor of Marines are we seeing down here? That's this is the, the Dark uh, Angels. Dark Angels. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's. It's. A, I personally, it's a horrific list, and it needs to get FAQ. Yeah. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that you've that you've put four units of assault terminators in that list, because <laughs> well, obviously, obviously it's legal. There's three units of Deathwing terminators for the assault shields, and then there's a assault. There's a five man assault terminator unit taken from the space. Uh, yes, units. look at that! Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And it's the also Pumba means... guy from chat playing that list, and he <laughs> hates it. And he Pumba... hates this army because it's so dumb. <laughs> what, that also, what that also means is that when Hellas attack this with Space Wolves and Harlequins, what are they just left over to play what they know is going to be Chaos Demons? Grey Knights. They've left over Grey Knights. Yeah. And it's not good, man. <laughs> So, so Pumper's in the chat. Pumper, Pumper thinks that his the army is dumb. Like it's so strong, right? Like is this this is a yeah. really Pum- favourable pairing, no matter what goes into it. By the way, Pumper is the Greek captain. Oh, Pumper! Uh, big love to no, you. No, no, Pumper. Oh, he Pumba, hates oh, it. He's playing. No, Pumper. Pumper is a Dark Angels player from our team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Papa, sorry, sorry. Papa Junior's the the Greek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, welcome to my life, Neil, where everyone is a fake name on the internet. I got no clue. Honestly, after like eight years of refereeing at the ETC and shouting at people because they just use their fake names all the time, they walk up to you and go, my score is wrong. What's your name? Dave. What did you play for? Poland. You look at Poland, there's no Dave's because yeah, it's all made up names all the time. <laughs> well, same applies to Greeks. We have like a hard matchup in that sense. We have Polish <laughs> names and Greek names and none of you could pronounce the names. All, all <laughs> that's the, that's well, the real matter well, that no one's talking po- about. Polish names are just, Polish is just like bees buzzing. It's like, zh, 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 zh. and Greek is just, I feel like a little that easy. I'd like to apologize to all of our audience. As if I heard last Saturday evening. I mean, or it's just, sorry, Polish is kurva over and over again. And Greek is malaka, malaka, malaka. 
you can uh, you can you can take the uh, take the Englishman out of uh, or even the Scotsman out of the UK, Neil, but can't take it out of the uh, <laughs> the front oh, of the UK. Can't take the Scottish colonialism out. at his greatest. <laughs> All right, we'll so have your swear words, and we'll have your swear words. And so let, can we talk about so the what? Who did they get paired into? So all of the Terminators in this uh, Dark Angel list. What did they get paired into? Into the Space Wars. The Space Wars. <laughs> so the Thunderwolf Cavalry. Okay. And is this the one where the score has already come in, uh, Tiffus? No. The uh, last one. The last yeah. one has a score. Yeah. But this list, Rob, is basically three is Thunderwolf Cavalry, uh, Unit of Interceptors, and a bunch of Blade Guard. Okay. And you just don't think that they've, they haven't got the output to punch through all those uh, Terminators? It's just you just run into stuff that you can only wound on fours, and it's got you know. Yeah, and when, when you it. look at the space wolf list as well, they have only lightning close. Yeah, right. Okay, that changes a lot. Flat free against terminators is pretty good. Mm, yeah, and lightning close are kind of meh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. And then obviously the Dark Angels have got the Apothecary. You know, there's going to be going to be resurrecting a guy every turn, healing another guy every turn. I just don't see the Space Wars grinding through twenty Dark Angels. <laughs> and there is also shooting. You you cannot neglect that. There is six attacks bikes and five speeders there, yeah. so it shoots as well. So yeah, this army is stupid. It has like all the rules you could imagine and then some. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's so shit. Yeah. I basically sold this army last week to Kicken. Team Sweet. Stonks. Stonks. <laughs> stonks. The Stonks are high. Get them sold. Stonks were high. Bikes and pieces. All right. Okay. So then uh, into the next pairing. Um, or oh, no, who's left? So obviously Space Wolves got chosen and it's favoured uh, that Space Wolves are not going to win that, unfortunately. Dark Angels in that. But come on, Space Wolves, yeah. you've got this. Uh, so and then, hook, right? Yeah, we've got the hooks, Tom. Boom. So we got well, we got the uh, we got the sisters. So do you want to explain the hook? What does the hook mean again? So when you put your attackers up, one of your attackers gets picked to play the defender, and the other one gets lobbed back again to put, get put into your hand. But when you get to the last round, you don't have enough stuff in your hand. So the two things that get rejected get to play each other, which means that we get a second sisters versus Harlequin matchup, just from the other perspective, with the sisters being played by Poland and the Harlequins being played by Greece. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's the uh, that's what's not chosen in round three, right? Exactly. And to add more, our sisters list, as it was tailored for a mirror, it's all when you mirror again, like tailor your list against sisters, you actually tailor it against Harley's as well, because yeah. those armies play the same. Yeah. So we, I think when you compare those two matchups with me playing against Nicola, with me playing Harley's, and the other way around with their Harley's player playing against our sisters, mm -hmm. we actually have kind of better sisters army for that pairing because we have two Seraphim squads mm -hmm. and two Seraphim squads with flamers. That's all that changes this pairing, uh, in my opinion. So, and, and you think that tips? You think that tips the balance towards the sisters with the, the no, Seraphim squad? It just oh, no. makes it better. It just makes this pairing better. Okay. Because you cannot reliably charge them. You cannot really shoot them with Harley's. And if they are bloody rose, they kill you in close combat. So mm. you cannot deal with them really. Okay, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. How do you feel about table two versus table eight? Which one do you think is more favorable for the sisters against the Harlequins? I don't know. I haven't looked okay. at them yet. Okay. I'm assuming table two is a little bit lighter, but... <laughs> uh, I, I, I really do not recall. 
Uh, okay, so just going into the, the final table here, table six. Um, so you've got the two unpicked armies, right? Uh, left yeah. over in the hand. Uh, so, uh, eight, uh, listen, I read about this on Meat Watch this week. Um, oh. Grey Knights. Is that right? Is that what I'm seeing here? Grey Knights yeah. going into... Is this is this actual Chaos Demons or is this, is this Chaos This is Demons? Chaos Demons with Chaos uh, Super, so you've got some Terminators in there again. The Slash the Terminators. The Slash 20 Terminators, yeah. yes. The, uh, the Meat Watch Terminators. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Uh, all right, sweet. And this feels like who 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 is this a good matchup for? Like, I think from demons. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's weird. And we it's fought. Weird it's very bad Sorry. for demons. Oh come on, yeah. you guys are messes, You're... man. <laughs> well, I... what was it, Scorpiate? Uh, it was twelve eight for our demons. I think. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> but we expected to lose this one, so. Yeah, and then it, can I ask a question about can I ask a question about the setup? Because as you're going through all of the different defenders and attackers, the one that's left, like, are you always conscious about the one that's left over, or do you actually do you generally try and make all of the pairings favorable for the ones you can more control, and you just roll the dice on what ends up being left in the hand at the end, or are you also trying to manage that, like, no, at the same time? No, kind of focus more on the last four pairings. Okay. To get, because what Tom mentioned, I think we you can actually win win or lose the game on those four because yeah. you kind of easily choose the earlier pairings with who's defending, mm-hmm. who's attacking, etc. It's it's quite obvious, but what you do in those last steps is actually yeah kind of di- dictating the result of the yeah. of the game. Effectively, so is that is that defend points. is that from defender three? Sorry, or from defender two? From defender yeah, yeah, three, defender right? three with those hooks and the uh, left out armies. What, what so. you're trying to do in the first two defender rounds is you're trying to fish out some of the armies you don't want on, on the bottom four. And then if yeah. you do all that properly, you end up like with similar scores on your first two defender rounds. And then it comes down to the last four pairings. Which do is you it. recall? I, I've I've said that we didn't choose Harleys for our uh, Adme, and we mm-hmm. chose Necrons mm-hmm. to get a good good pairings later down the lane. Yes. So, because we had better pairings against Harleys, because everyone here in Poland got used to playing against Harleys. Yeah. And we think they are getting worse and worse in the meta. Yeah. How, how people I, are I think used the same to... with sisters as well, actually. Is that because yeah, people cause... are getting used to all their tricks and can play around them? I, I think the way you want to play into sisters is often the same as the way you want to play ninth edition anyway, when you're just lobbing little bits of shit into the middle of a board and just then you have to trade into it and try to remove it, right? And it makes it very, very difficult. And if you actually go down the list of, of armies that you'd be pairing into, how many of them aren't great sisters? Like you're talking like four or five at a certain point. Death and it's mostly Marines. Marines. Yeah. And Marines as well, you can't do anything in a DA either. Like it becomes one of those lists now, sisters, like uh, how you guys were using, um, you know, when you've got armies like uh, Triple Catan or maybe even like how you were originally using Craft World. So you have to be very careful with how you use them in pairings. I feel like sisters are getting towards that. But as we're saying, we're not really getting the massive rewards you'd expect. Yeah, I think they are way better army for singles. Yes, with, 100%. With all those Marines, people playing Marines, You have to prep for everything, yeah. Yeah. But in team, I think they they still have their place in team team environment. But yeah, that's yeah. why we that's why why I said we tailored them for mirrors, and for Harley's matchup. We were doing the same thing. I think that's interesting actually that you said. I think it's really interesting that you said that Harley's and sisters play the same way. So you can almost you you almost have got if you've got something that's played to one, it can play into both. 
I think that's actually really interesting from the setup. Um, uh, okay, and it uh, actually so, shows. And it yeah. actually shows with all our pairings, there are a few armies that crush both of those. So and so you, uh, yeah, and so who are the armies that are good into sisters? In your opinion, who are the armies that are good into both sisters and harlequins? So uh, one of them is Craftward Eldar, but it needs to be piloted by a very good player. Yeah, uh, that's one of them. Uh, and the other army is Hordorks, but it needs to be piloted by a very good player as well. Mm. Yeah. So, but those two armies, if if you play them well, Hollies and sis and sisters cannot win against you. No, true. There, there's no way. Yeah, you just don't give the um. As long as you don't give Repentia like multi charges and good traits. And you're in a decent spot, but at the same time, as you say, you need to be a very good player, not just to do that, but there's a lot of other micro things you need to do as well. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Okay, uh, Neil and uh, Peter, like, fascinating hearing your thoughts on these pairings, actually. Uh, how do you think, I mean, obviously I know the answer already, but how do you think you did <laughs> in the pairings? Good, well, oh, like... You were unhappy. Oh, okay. We were unhappy, and we had to talk what we could have done better. Wow! And we yeah. had the team talk, thinking what could have, what what might be wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I don't know what was Nicolas' reaction, but we weren't happy. And then you played a matchup before you lost, and you won it. So... Yeah, yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's bad for you. I generally don't. Okay, so uh, that that leaves us with Neil and Tom. I mean, is it fascinating that you've walked away? I feel like you're the sort of person who's never going to be happy, though, unless you absolutely 100% everything. So, uh, like, uh, I'm taking well, that with a pinch of salt. Go on, Neil. I'm looking at the last four, Rob, and you've got two Sister versus Harlequin matchups, so let's say they're even. And then you've got Dark Angels versus Space Wolves, which is winning for the Dark Angels. And then you've got Chaos Demons versus Grey Knights. So it's understandable that you think that uh, it is bad if you think that's a losing matchup, but as if won it. You've now got two evens, potentially, and then you've got a winning. And then you've got uh, rounds one through two, where, I mean, if you don't that properly, round back should come out even, and then you just win off these last three. So. Yeah, I think, I, think, I, think this, I think the match that's probably going to decide it is going to be the Dark Angel Space Wolves. Because I think, like you say, like Tom says, a lot of the matches balance throughout, or they're very mm -hmm. even. Um, the Dark Angel Space Wolf game, you assume the Dark Angels are going to dominate that board and score big points there. And probably be the big points that tips the match into the favour of Poland. You only, it's only, you only, it's only basically you only need to score eleven points more than your opponent to win the round, basically. Yeah, so. one one more thing that I wanna add, why I think we were unhappy, is that you guys only see those pairings from like outside perspective, and we no, were course, looking yeah. at them from our estimation tables. Of course, and we thought that we could have gotten better. And those matchups were estimated by our players. And you know, you know the pain when you are actually a captain pairing the team. Everyone doesn't want to play with anything. They, they are always scared. <laughs> yeah. And unless it's a really good matchup in some way, people never want to do that. So yeah, there, there's also the problem when you are a captain and people are cowards yeah. because they don't want to <laughs> be blamed upon by the rest. Yeah, of the team I mean it's yeah. it's always like an interpolitical um, relationship, right? Like for example, I know in Team England they all lowball their fucking projections constantly. Same <laughs> sure. Same issues. Yeah, and it's it's all just personality management, right? Like yeah. what, is the, uh, what is the what is the what is the strategy to make them feel more confident? Practice, 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 practice. Yeah. Okay. We've we've played so many team tourneys right now. Like, uh, maybe not tourneys. Those, how do you call them? Screams. 
yeah, scripts. That we actually we are actually testing out different things to find a solution. So and that's giving us a lot of experience with different lists, different ideas, what works, what doesn't. So. Yeah, I mean, I can say, like, when I was captain for Team Scotland, the playing for Team Scotland, you know, you saw a big difference with the players that were, you know, like people like, you know, Blackie, Bernie, mm-hmm. you know, these guys were going to tournaments all the time, they were playing their lists week in, week out, you know, their confidence level in terms of the matches they could take, or even saying, you know, they'll go like, I'll take this bad match because it'll open up for us and they know how to yeah. play it. They, their confidence levels were so huge compared to the, I mean, we want to say, we'd have, we'd have some more casual players in the team at that time. You know, those guys are like, oh, I can't win anything. Even games, you, the rest of the team's like, this is a win for you. They'd still be super unconfident because mm-hmm. they're afraid of letting the team down as well. Mm-hmm. That affects their confidence a lot. So they don't want to be. They don't yeah. want to feel like they're the guys that let the team down in that round. Yeah, of course not. Uh, fascinating, honestly. Another lovely evening of learning some 40k stuff, which I've enjoyed, yeah. uh, and I hope the audience has as well. Uh, Piotr, thanks for coming on the show. Have you got any sort of final thoughts or anything you think we might have missed today? Well, I think what we might be missing is the Germany versus Canada game. And that one should be one to watch out with yeah, both teams yeah. going with their A teams. And I think that's, that's actually gonna, to and I think that's what, we, that's what we're going to look at next week. And hopefully Chris will be able to come on the show next week. Yeah. Especially as Canada will have time to prep, which I know they do a lot of work for each of the rounds they play. I think that could be a really good game. Okay. All right. Nice. All right. Neil, Neil uh, any sort of roundups um, that you think no. anything might missed? No, there's nothing you miss. I think it's uh, it's going good. It's you know it's this, the rounds are starting to shape up. The teams are getting to the top. It's going to be quite interesting because as get, also as the tournament goes on, you expect things to get much tighter as well. Uh, uh, Piotr, you've been offered a ten ten in the chat and going for a coffee instead. Uh, which is, uh... <laughs> tell them now. Uh, well, I prefer harder alcohols than coffee. You lowballed that, I'm afraid. Coffee is an alcohol. Is that what we need to know? Well, depends. Irish is, and I love Irish. So, uh, Tom, you got any thoughts uh, on this before we head out? Yeah, I want to give a quick shout out to Scramblers for being shit, and that's all. <laughs> Appreciate it forever. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I for one have loved uh, listening to you three talk about this a lot. Uh, so thank you very much, and I hope you people have too. I see. Uh, sorry again, says the chat. I've learned a lot. I think I have as well. Uh, you can. I'll put. Make sure to include in the show notes uh, the link so you guys can go and check out all this information. Neil, there's also you can go and check it out on the WTC page and also on the Greek Hammer pages, right? Yeah, that's right. So if you go into your WTC page, the World Team Championships on their Facebook or the Greek Hammer 40K, all one big word. Um, that is the uh, Team Greece page there and all the details are there. Okay. All right, sweet. Um, uh, Papa Junior asked, can we ask Piotr about his thoughts on secondaries? I think we did that earlier, right? We did. We covered your thoughts. on. No, that. no, no, yeah. no. He, he's asking because he's playing me tomorrow and he offered me 10 <laughs> <ten> already. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. All right. Sneaky like little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's been super great having all three of you on. I can't thank you enough. I hope you guys have enjoyed it at home. We will be back next Saturday, uh, next Sunday, sorry, but it will be part of our, our Stream Street birthday. So we'll have been alive for 365 days Woo-hoo. next Sunday. Uh, so that's our big birthday party. So uh, it'll be intermixed in there. So uh, do tune in for that. It's going to be super fun. Um, you guys have been great. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for listening. See you guys soon. Have Bye. a nice day. Bye. <laughs>